Welcome to another fantastic episode of It's So Crucial. I'm your host, John Johnson. What up, John? I'm doing good, man. Hey! Yeah, I finally get some cheer, man. I never get cheers. Hey, John Johnson, we love you, JJ! Yeah, feels good, yo. And as always, I mean, I have the magnificent, Carrie. Mr. Magnificent! Crucial Keys Brothers. How you feeling, man? I think that's Kerry Crucial Brothers, aka Crucial Keys, man. My bad, dude. I'm I don't know, man. Up. I got so many monikers. Or oh, just call me Mr. Brothers for Mr. sure. Mr. Brothers. You know what I mean? Whatever, man. AKA Crucial Keys. I'm doing Keys. good though, by the way, sir. Thank you for asking. Thanks Ooh. for asking. Anytime, man. I All love right. asking how people are doing. Me too. So it's a it's it's another week, obviously, in the music business, and a lot of a lot of shit has happened, you know? Um every week, man. Shit changes quick. I thought this shit was funny as hell, though. I, I had to bring it to the show. Okay. Have you heard of this hashtag uh, hot in here streaming party? I did, man. I did. It's, I mean, what, that's that's about Nelly and what is it? Like, I think his, his, uh, he's in debt with taxes or some yeah, shit. Yeah, so like some, some news broke earlier uh, stating that Nelly had a federal tax lien at 2.4 million dollars uh, being placed against him which i can't imagine is very fun but I, i'm still trying to figure out how that happens man i mean damn man these it's like i don't know it's like it's almost like part of the game like oh, every celebrity at one point whether it's actors or yeah. producers or singers we always get into tax issues, man. Yeah. What the fuck is up with these accountants, man? You can't trust these motherfuckers. <laughs> that is funny because it's like you, you'd think more of them would have some up and up, you know, accountants yeah. or somebody really looking after their yeah. shit. But like, yeah, $2.4 million, that's a lot. Like, that's yeah. a lot of money. And uh, I mean, obviously, it's not fun for performers to pay taxes. Um, you know, I, 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 what is it like? Forty-five percent is the tax rate for like. Uh, yeah, that, that's the whole game. It's like a high, a high uh, uh, bracket tax bracket, but you got so many ways to write shit off. Yeah. If, if you, but that's what I'm saying. That's on your business management. That's on your thing. And yeah. I can't, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, holier than thou. You know? Right. I got my tax issues too. You know what I mean? Sure. But I, but I know for sure it's like, yo, you got to double check on these guys man so you're saying Nelly shouldn't be going to H&R Block to get his ah uh, nah definitely <laughs> definitely no H&R Block they definitely know like get your ta tax back quick on the on the infomercial in the yeah. middle of the night turbo tax <laughs> nah 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 not at all and so uh, Spin Magazine actually took this story and ran with it a little bit they said that they calculated and calculated being a loose term because I don't think they calculated this very well right but they calculated that Nelly would need approximately 287.17 million streams for him Damn. to pay off his his debt and so that's what started the whole hot in here streaming party hashtag with people wow. trying to stream his song hot in here uh, over spotify but that's assuming that nelly owned his own masters and also nelly owned the entirety of his publishing so that's not happening it's yeah. probably going to take four billions you know streams with the way these you know streaming companies pay man i don't know that just sounds really low numbers oh for sure you know because yeah. you heard in the past so and so yeah. stream a billion streams and they got seven thousand dollars like what the fuck you well know that I mean? is you know that's a whole nother that's a whole nother issue because a <laughs> lot of times I mean? when they when they talk about that they're talking about like 
Pandora, which is not interactive streaming, and that's right. a whole different raid. And you know, especially when when you talk about Spotify, you know, they were basically they were basing this off of Spotify's rate that they publicly made available. You know, okay, they they had a range that they typically pay right. out per stream. But I mean, that's obviously that's, that's not, if he owns the whole entire song, no yeah. samples, no yeah. The Neptune's got to get their piece because they yeah. produced it. Like exactly. I don't know. Yeah, and that's assuming that he owned the master of the hot in here. Like, you know as he if, didn't own the master. Yeah. The major label owned the master. So Ex- exactly. Like, like I said, it's gonna take him two billion streams. Man. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely far, far more than that two hundred. That's interesting to, to to see like. You know, like, could that be the new thing? Like, yo, I'm having a little financial trouble. Can you <laughs> just stream, can my, you stream my shit? And then, like, who's to say these streaming companies be like, no, 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 no. We we, 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 we gonna not count some of these because we don't want to pay out this much. Yeah. Because that, that's the argument from these streaming companies of why they pay so less. So it doesn't encourage people to just stream their shit just to get paid. Well, here's you know the thing. Mean? Here's the thing with that, like, with with streaming for both the master and the publishing it's you get as the owner of the master or the publishing your pro rata share of however much money that streaming company made which means you're just getting your money based on the percentage of streams relative to everybody else for so the month or for, for the for, week or for, for a the month year? so so okay. it's based on a monthly basis all right and so if you think about it like if a bunch of people are artificially inflating nelly's numbers by say streaming his album when he's when they're asleep right right? they just had got it on mute and on repeat right they're just increasing the number of total plays on the service which is effectively lowering the per stream rate for everybody are you serious i'm completely serious Damn. <laughs> so it's, you're not really. So I'm, you're damn if you do, damn if you don't. Yeah, I mean, you're sure you're helping Nelly out a little bit, but you're not necessarily helping him out as much as. So you what think. about when these, when these, uh, you know, like on Instagram, I think they took the 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 My Boo record and everybody was doing the Running Man the wrong way, mind you. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then then it, the the song went viral again and it went on iTunes and yeah. streamed more. Same thing with the uh, Monica So Gone Challenge. Yeah. Like, is is that really making them money or or like So they're gonna I think so in a lot of in a lot of those instances, people are listening to the music when they would actually listen to music. So they're right. they're 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 actively listening to it, so it's taking up time that they would be listening right. to other songs. So okay. that's that's okay. gonna generate probably more income at the end of the day than say uh, that Nelly hot in here. So what if so, so what if so what if I had an iPhone, yeah, an iPad, four desktops, yeah, and, I, and they, all of them. Oh wait, you can't do that if you got one account. Yeah, if you house. just got one account. All right, I'll <laughs> sign in on this one. And, yeah. yeah, okay. So yeah. say you got like four different I accounts. That just trying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. I forgot. Like you know, once you like, it tells you you're playing. Hey, you're already playing this song on the yeah. iPad. We're gonna switch over. Oh, yeah, I, never mind. That is a cool ass <laughs> innovation though, the fact that you can switch over devices, yeah. you know, sometimes. But it sucks if you're trying to get a little extra spins, you know? Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's not gonna be too helpful. And remember Spotify did with that Sleepify album that I, oh, yeah, the band, I heard about that. The yeah. band name uh is not coming to my head, but they ended up just removing the album because it wasn't in the spirit of what Spotify was. I mean, right. it wasn't actually even music. So yeah, they were like uh, everybody was like looping silence and they were still yeah. getting checks. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of tough to say. Uh, I don't know how much this campaign really going to help him. You know yeah. what I mean? Hopefully, th- to be honest, to me, the campaign sounds more embarrassing than anything. I don't wow. know if I'd want that campaign. <laughs> wow. Like, can't you just like buy his album? You know, why don't you just buy Country Grammar? I'm sure you'll be giving them. That's some more a good money, point. You, you know? know, we all streamed out. Like, why don't you just buy this shit? You yeah, know, he'll get the money in. Or go to his concert. I'm sure he's performing some some place. You know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I haven't heard Nelly. Didn't he have a reality show or some shit? Oh, he did. Yeah, I I can't even remember the name of it, but I do I remember know. that he had one. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. Yeah, like maybe you should just buy, the, like you said, download the album when you still can before they stop all downloads, or go to the record store, Walmart, whatever tower. Yeah. Tower, look at the fucking Target. You know, <laughs> wherever I mean? you can still find that. Wherever shit, you can find, buy. you know, Amoeba, definitely go to yeah. Amoeba. Everybody find an Amoeba near you or a region near you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hell yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely gonna be the best way to help out an artist like Nelly. Um, in, in other news, and this is probably some good news for songwriters. Definitely BMI songwriters. Okay. Um, last Friday, Which I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> we got an ASCAP <laughs> songwriter here. I'm a BMI writer, actually. Oh, you are? Man. I am. Okay. I, st- I do get checks still. All um, right, all right. The, the, last Friday, uh, the the rate court, the, the judge who oversees BMI's rate court, struck down the Department of Justice's um, decision uh, to enforce 100% uh, licensing for BMI's consent decree which means that they will no longer be required to uh, essentially license 100% of the works that are in their repertoire which we 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 talked Fuck about your ruling yeah which <laughs> we, you know we talked about a couple different times so yeah. it basically means BMI is completely off the hook right um, and that decision is has been ratified it's in place you know so the ASCAP is next and the rest are next to try well, well supposedly i mean the thing is um Back when the Department of Justice first made their decision to to um, uh, basically say, you know, we're both making both ASCAP yeah, somebody wasn't accurate what they said. It wasn't accurate that it, it was already written that it was supposed to be a hundred percent licensing. Yeah, they said and that they found out that that's not exactly accurate. Yeah, they were like, well, what ASCAP and BMI are doing isn't in like the spirit of copyright law mm-hmm. or something to that effect. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of yeah. messing up the, the the verbiage there, but um, ASCAP and BMI after the decision was made came out and said, okay, BMI is going to fight this in court. So they went to their rate court judge right. and they I don't know if they appealed the ruling or, or if they just took the the case to the judge's hands. Right. I'm not a lawyer. I don't exactly know the 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 proceeding that took place but essentially the judge ruled in bmi's favor right um and that judge was is basically set up because of the consent decree so right. he basically made the department of justice's point moot ascap mm-hmm. has their own rate court exactly but ascap in their joint statement with bmi said we're going to go fight this in congress exactly i do remember that yes so they're they're trying to fight the long-term battle in getting uh, a law getting copyright law amended to right to make licensing a little bit more favorable for the songwriting community right and in fact earlier this week um after the bmi rate court judge struck down um struck down the, the that that part that the department of justice made um ascap uh president paul williams basically said you know listen we don't know what this means exactly to us right now right 
but you know we're gonna look into it a little bit further and see and see what we can do but obviously on uh you know it's good for the long-term future of, of songwriters and yeah. publishers which was expected we knew they was gonna fight it we did oh we did yeah know that yeah most definitely yeah. most definitely the saga continues yeah and i mean even if the funny thing is the funny thing is carrie like even if this was brought to ascap's rate court the rate court judge could come back and say actually i agree with the department of justice ascap has to abide by this shit like they could they could they could they could theoretically come to a completely don't say that different man conclusion. don't even say that man don't even put that out there man <laughs> no, but it's, true. It's, true. it's true man it's true no i get it i get it i doubt that's gonna happen because it's yeah. like you know it's like it's like like they always said because uh, i think i read the article as well it's like when you got so many people telling you you're wrong, possibility you might be wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, who's really going to go against that, you know what I mean? Yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what happens in the next few months. But they're course. not even going in. They're going to Congress. They're like, "Yeah, fuck these rate judges, rate court judges. I'm going straight to Congress." Huh? Yeah, but to be honest, man, I really don't like that. You know? Yeah. I don't I don't I don't, you know, I'm not too opinionated. Right. When it comes to matters like this, but to be honest with you, I don't think that there's any uh, there's any motivation on the part of Congress, Congress to yeah. change copyright law. Yeah, no, you said that in the past. I mean, it is what it is, man. The saga will continue. Yeah, you know, we'll be running around in circles with this shit yeah. for another three, three or four. I years. mean, but it's going to resolve sooner or later. But as long as people. I mean that's how America works, man. It's yeah. like you want to make a difference, you got to stand up, you got to disrupt the system, yeah, and you got to keep coming back where somebody finally hears your point. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and and and, and ever all anybody who's a music fan, anybody who's a songwriter, who's a composer, who's a performing artist, you know, if this is a if this is an issue, if songwriter remuneration or songwriter compensation is something that means something to you then 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 get involved you know yeah. talk to your local congressperson yeah. talk to and your that, local and and, and it affects everybody so like even if you know if you're not a songwriter or whatever and you love music you know get in there and support the people who are trying to make a difference because it does affect the quality of the music believe it or not because if nobody can't make a legitimate living at creating the quality is going to go down. Yeah. Period. That goes for the streaming and the laws and whatever. If stuff is not in favor of the creator, you're going to start getting crap. That's the bottom line. If we don't get paid, good shit don't get made. You know. And, and it, you know, it's just like, yo, we all got to make a living. It's like, how am I going to make a great album when I can't even fucking feed myself or pay my bills? Right. Bottom line. Yeah. You're going to be trying to do bottom something line. else other than exactly. making an album. You know what I mean? So how about we? How about we uh, get into this interview? Okay, we got Kamal Humphreys. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, uh, very well established, well known, well respected sound engineer. Uh, this man has worked on a ton of different television shows, most notably American Idol for quite some time. Um, but before that, uh, a lot of hip hop heads might have heard him before. Uh, he was a member as a, as a rapper uh, of the uh, Shapeshifters Collective out here, um, and also West part Coast. of yeah, also part of the the Law Cabin group with Merce among among other rappers. Um, and now he's working with a, a lot of new cats, um, working with Jane Smith and his crew, the Misfits. Um, he's got his own recording studio Second out on the generation. West Side. 
you know um so was really high quality interview here the the dude's got stories for days weeks and months he definitely needs to come back on the show indeed indeed so without further ado let's get into this interview welcome to it's so crucial uh i'm one of your co-hosts john johnson just say i'm your host i'm your host john johnson that's good <laughs> It's just John Johnson today. Yeah, no nicknames. Mr. Brothers, Crucial Keys is not here. B-Side's irrelevant, but we have a guest. <laughs> oh, come on, Humphrey. I'm here. There we go. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, I'm from L.A., and uh, I guess I'll, I'll start in the present, work my way back through, you know. That's, that's unique, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know. It's a different approach, but we'll accept it. I think it. so. I mean, I think, yeah. Maybe. Well, I am currently <laughs> a music producer slash engineer. Uh, We're gonna have some Brazilian horns go off like right after you say that. Yeah. The, this yeah. me talking is a place. Some Brazilian police are gonna come <laughs> in here. <laughs> 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 some of the torch is gonna run in. We're just gonna get smacked down. You know. <laughs> I've been on uh, American Idol the last 10 seasons as an Ooh. audio supervisor. So that's been my bread and butter. Nice. So like a real corporate job. Is it real like extra corporate? It was, it wasn't too bad actually. I mean, okay. I was freelance, Okay. but I mean, I got to work with a lot of great people. Yeah, know, shit. Everyone. I mean, anybody. that's the top. That's the top the right top there. Of, you know, we just had everybody yeah. on the show. I have a phone. confession. I never watched the show. I'm just, just For putting real? it out there. Put it out there. Oh my god! I have never watched the show. That's so, crazy. So don't ask me about any season. I've never seen Vivo, so okay. <laughs> so. even because I don't have nothing to do with Vivo either. It's, but <laughs> hey, so it was, that, a, it was a good ride. I've never seen it either. It was a good. You ride. Never seen it. Never seen American Idol. Not one I, episode. Not one episode. This is crazy that two people Sorry, in this room have never seen a single. Well, well you was a big watcher of the show. No, I mean, but like the fact that you guys haven't seen like one episode. Like, that's crazy. I only saw a little, you know, the little clips of here and there of the yeah. auditions and shit, you know. I saw I know who won. Was that? that was a fake, right? Wasn't that fake? Was that he real? was there. Yeah, he came. It was real. He did audition? I mean, he... It was, audition uh, was fake. Yeah, no, I mean, it wasn't. Oh, oh. He was there. Oh, he, he did the show. He, he did Gold Digger, and then he said he was coming off, oh. off the top. Oh my yeah. god. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a freestyle I'm coming on right now. He's like, I wrote Jesus Walks. Uh, Shots partly, fired. Partly. <laughs> partly. Shout out to Rhyme Fest. Rhyme Fest, right. Anyways, uh but yeah, I got to work with all types of great people and I, I learned a lot about I mean just it's amazing you watch a kid who wanders in, you know, off of a farm or off of the street. Mm-hmm auditions yeah. and then makes it all the way you know eight months later they're famous they're on like the cover of people magazine and they right. got you know record labels are after them and they're performing in front of i mean it's know, a huge crazy it definitely goes hand in hand with the idea of you know how can you take that shortcut to stardom yeah you know through a reality show or whatever mm -hmm. and that's a it's crazy that's people, the runway right there right it's the runway but so, it, ha it has its disadvantages, though, because it happens so fast yeah. that a lot of the, the grind and the time period to kind of like 
adjust to the changes in there. Don't you think? Like, yeah, either you see these kids either stay grounded and become mm -hmm. the coolest kids ever, and you know, stay who they are, right? Or they just become divas, and then it's just it's a it's a it's a it's an old saying. It's like you know, a lot of people think when you get some type of fame or some type of money, you start becoming this asshole. But if you always been an asshole, you might have been nice because you were trying to get something and you were trying to struggle. And once you felt you got what you wanted, you show your true colors. Right. Because if you're a decent person in the beginning, you're not going to change. You know what I mean? But it's just like, like you said, it's like you see the change happen so fast or you see the process happen so fast where these kids think they're stars after a few months. Yeah. It's even with the, the, the Vine stars. It's like these Instagram Vine stars... It's like they get a certain amount of followers before they begging you for this and now they got a million followers. Now they act like they're fucking oh. stars and you got to pay me to put my song. You're like, what? Oh, my God. I found the most hilarious <laughs> flyer at my gym earlier. Uh, there was a stack of flyers at my gym and it said YouTubers retreat. And it was like, <laughs> it was advertising like five YouTube stars. And it was like, they're going to be at this hotel in West Hollywood. VIP entrance fee, $75. And I was like, who the fuck is going to pay $75? And these are all fitness YouTubers. So they're yeah. not even like actors. They're just right. like people right. who lift weights. Yeah. And I was like, some of these people lift at I'm our like, fucking gym. Like, right. Right. Well, Guys will pay to see some fitness models. Though. Yeah, right. Some Sanji yeah. or whatever yeah. those. Yeah. I might even pay $75 <laughs> to see that. <laughs> I pay $75 no, but, the, but the, whole the whole point of it, the whole point of like how how the whole, the whole issue of like just people seeing you on a screen, whether it's your television or in the palm of your hand after a certain period of time gives them notoriety and now they think they stars because Oh, a million people saw my video. I'm the shit now. It's it's, yeah. it's really weird. You yeah, know, and cause, I mean, because like we I think we were talking about it before. It's a popularity contest. Yeah. So you're getting all the work and you're getting all the opportunity because you're popular, but you might not be qualified or even ready. Yeah, and I mean, it's you. You go from like you you say you've seen it. You they go from like sitting in a line for five hours to. You know, everybody waiting on their beck and call. So Just singing like, a duet with Billy Joel. Mr. Piano Man. Oh, hold on, I can't sing that blanket license, right? Yeah, we're going to need that blanket license <laughs> first. Uptown Squirrel. We <laughs> change the, the song title, though. Parody, right? right? We can make it a parody. Yeah, it'll be fine. Um, no, you still need the blanket license. Nut time That's squirrel. a whole nother. Uh, so, so as a... Is that what they do on this show? You win, you sing duets? American Idol? Yeah. I, I mean, I think you sing duets sometimes. When you win, right? Well, they'll they'll pair you up for the finale, let's say. Oh, right, right, right. The your, finale. Your hero or something like that. Because right. so. there was an actual... There was a singing show called Duet. Or duets. That didn't last, right? No, it was like one season. Was it, that was what, uh, what it was you call Caduce. it? was Caduce. Caduce, right? Yeah, he yes, hosted that I shit. I Caduce was hosting that. Yeah, that was like, yeah, you actually paired up with somebody for like the whole season. And like, I don't know. I watched the first episode. I watched episode zero. <laughs> Sorry. So there wasn't a lot of, so we can't really talk about this too much. Well, but yeah. Okay. Was there rap on American Idol? Hell no. Rap is not bit. American. I mean, here and there. Yeah? There was little pockets of rap. Yeah. People would 
would throw in raps, but yeah, and sometimes there would be some rap songs you know, or like they make up their own raps. Usually, it was something an eye roller, you know, uh, for any real hip hop head. It would be like some cute girl that would bust like a Nicki Minaj verse oh, or something okay, like that. Okay, and you know, she's a little country <laughs> yeah. girl with the braces and the cowboy you know, hat, saying raunchy lyrics. Yeah, exactly. nice, nice. <laughs> so, so like, how do the judges like? You judge that because it's like, well, you're not judging you on singing ability, maybe. But they have control, to sing too. Like, he said a, l- a little rap is still a little so rap. They have oh, to okay. sing. Yeah, so, so they might might sing the chorus and then yeah, do the rap. Yeah. Uh, gotta be gotta be some melody yeah. in there. It's, mm. There's a so lot to of win the show. You have to be a singer. Exactly. Yeah. But but you could sing like some Bone Thugs, right? Like sure. We're gonna miss everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna miss that enjoy. show. <laughs> <laughs> So how so so how so how so how how did you like you know you you got you your sound design your engineer your producer like was that your goal to be on television like what really got you started into well I I basically have these two parallel universes going on wow it's okay when I first started taking uh, mushrooms and okay LSD in high school <laughs> indeed the vortex has opened up all right well no I was uh doing a lot of hip-hop stuff mm-hmm. early in my life and that lane continued you was a rapper i was a rapper you can say it. it's okay yeah, you it's can okay. say it it's okay i know they got the rappers got this stigma nobody want even real rappers don't want to say they're rappers yeah, we get exactly. it it's okay here you can say that <laughs> why don't they call trap rappers trappers i don't know i don't know they should yeah, and then the keepers could be no trapper keepers. Rapper trappers. That's back before Velcro was illegal. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyways, I I got into uh, in my early twenties. I started doing sound for film and television. So really? yeah, was really. it was you just got tired of rapping, or was no? It like, I just uh, needed to make money. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was, I was, you know, doing all this pretty off the wall underground, yeah, uh, yeah, stuff. I, w- I was in a group with Merce. Oh, uh, for real? Called yeah. the Log Cabin. Dope. And uh, so I was going to the Good Life, with, like Freestyle Fellowship, nice, and, yeah, nice. Far Side, real and stuff, yeah, and all those guys. So I was like, oh, dope. you know, fuck a record deal, like just yeah, rap yeah. crazy, like you actually had lyrics, yeah, and content, yeah, right, exactly. I was, like, Before conscious. I don't know, but you know. but yeah so that was going on and then living in LA you got all this production stuff going on so I I ended up working on that TV show Silk Stockings I think that was one of my first ones what was that? it was a USA sort of like racy detective show Silk uh, Stockings mm -hmm. I was a a utility boom operator on that Okay. and then I went on to I moved back to LA that was in San Diego so what did uh, you did you go to school for engineering? No. Like what what you just I like did. dropped the mic and just picked up the boom? I did. Just, I didn't drop the mic. I okay. was still doing okay. the MC stuff, production right, stuff right. Uh, at the same time. So you were still rocking the mic. I was still rocking the mic. I was right. touring and I was in another group called the Shapeshifters. Okay. Dope. And we you know, I put out a bunch of records and Traveled around. He's, yeah. like, he's being modest. Travel around the world. I see that. I'm trying bit. to pull it out of him. Um, I'm trying to. <laughs> I know that that world. I'm trying to 
revisit the TV world that okay, I've forgotten okay. about. After American Idol, it's like Men in Black, your mind just <laughs> yeah, is wiped yeah. and you forget anything yeah, else you've done. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> what have you done? American Idol. You just can't say <laughs> everything else. else. <laughs> that usually stops everybody. You're like, oh, that's you've done everything. <laughs> Anyways, I worked on a bunch of Nickelodeon shows. Okay. See, Fox was like messing with my mind. I couldn't even say Nickelodeon. Whoa. Damn. <laughs> um, Journey of Alan Strange, Secret Life of Alice Mack. Wow. Alex Mack. Then oh. I did VIP, a little bit of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, nice. Angel, um, Malcolm in the Middle. I did like four years of that. Wow. I did shit. Swordfish. Actually, the Halle Berry. I got to. I was the guy that actually was holding the mic above topless Halle Berry. Wow. Swordfish. Shit. That's wow. basically the. That's it. That's all. That's, that's going to be our that. caption for the show. <laughs> <laughs> We're interviewing the guy who was holding the mic over topless Halle. Tune in. That was pretty cool. <laughs> oh wow. shit! So I mean, other than you know, uh, you know, proudly carrying. So how that long? Boom. You, so how long were you doing TV? Man, probably since uh, the late nineties. Mm. Yeah. So. Wow. There was so did, I, you, did you like? I know you said you did it to make money and everything, but did you feel like, man, I, I really like this. This is something I want to keep doing. Or you was like, I, I want to get back to my music career. And, like, how did you feel? Well, like, I, the way I treated it was like, uh, I mean, you're you're in the freelance world, so right. you're not. You do one job, you do a episodic show. It lasts like eight months, and then you right. you're down for four months, or you right. you work on a on a TV show or a movie that lasts two two months, and then right. you're done. Right. So then you get a tour. You're like, oh, that's forty days. Right. You book it, and then you're like, I'm not available. So you right. just go on the tour, and then you come back. And nice. Yeah. That's so a good point. Good so, point. So you're constantly. Are you in between gigs? Are you constantly hunting for jobs? Are you mostly spending time just trying to get your music done, and you know, just kind of on the side looking for new gigs, or or how does that usually work? That's a good question. I mean, it's just, it's phone calls and you always yeah. have a new record in the chamber and mm -hmm. then you release it and that's pretty much it. So but, do you but the money, you know, coming from the rap game and, yeah. you know, selling nickel sacks or whatever you're trying to do. <laughs> I was working world. at a record store. Right, right. Uh, wow, I mean, so, like, tell us about how the American Idol gig came up then like so you're doing episodic I, TV I shows I was uh, actually I segued into doing reality because all of a sudden there's just this new you know format basically um, correct me if I'm wrong did that kind of come after when all the writers in Hollywood and, and, and stuff went on strike remember the writers went on strike yeah, yeah was that because the reality was picking up or, or was the reality shows a result of that? People just realized that, wait, we can make this TV for super cheap and make all this money off of it. <laughs> no. right. right. So well, that's what happened. And then all of a sudden, there was just like a million shows just reproducing. Right. 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 Like like the. Uh, but I remember when the, I remember when the writers went yeah, on strike. Strike, yeah. What yeah. what was their big argument? They weren't getting paid enough, or they weren't like. Do you remember the, when the writers were going went on strike? For? I do. Yeah, uh, there's been a couple writer strikes. Yeah. But the latest one, the latest one, the latest 07, one right? was 07. I think that was because the writers that were writing on the reality shows weren't 
right being compensated for their you know even as people much. writing yeah. stand-ups for the host right 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 whatnot, right 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 so did right. that affect your job opportunities at all like did that take anything away from there you? there was a a slowdown in the episodic and that's what really pushed me into doing more reality so oh, right, at right. that time i went that's what I made was, me think i was that. doing survivor i did the biggest loser yeah. for like seven seasons wow uh i did survivor and that's how i met the cameraman that was working on American Idol, and that's right. why. Wow! I transitioned. Wow. Transitioned that, and then the latest uh, reality show I did was The Bachelor in Paradise, which wow. just uh, <laughs> you got to go to these places, right? Yeah. Oh Shit. yeah. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I got to go all over the place. I did nice. a cool uh, a documentary called Running the Sahara. Wow. To, in uh, 2006, that came out on Showtime, but it was nice. a feature-length documentary. Uh, three guys running across the Sahara. Wow. From Senegal all the way to Egypt. And they're Jogging running two running. marathons a day. So that Fuck. was... Fuck. So that's 50-some-odd miles? Yeah. But, I mean, people don't even remember the original marathon that happened in Greece or whatever. Yeah. The guy died. People don't remember that fact. <laughs> you can Google it now. The original marathon. The guy ran to say the war was coming or whatever and he died. So why does everybody fucking want to do this? Man, these guys look terrible. After those four or five months, they were like, they looked like 20 four years old. Four or five older. months of running that every day. They lose a lot of weight and all that, oh, right? Yeah. But you were living good though, right? I mean, I was were, cool. We had was riding on a truck behind them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, shit. But we got to go through, I came in, I was supervising it, but I came in in Niger. We went up through Libya and we got into Libya on the south wow. border of Libya, which most Americans can't pass yeah. in. That yeah, way. I was gonna but, say Libya at that uh, time wow. was not it, a place was, Americans. Uh, Matt Damon was executive producer on that, and uh, actually, actually, Lionel Richie and Robert De Niro were the two guys that helped us to cross the border. Wow, they were homies with with Momar. Robert De Niro. Robert, Robert De Niro. He yeah. loves hello. What we're going to do. You're going to let them in. You're going to do the show. They're going to get the fuck out of there, all right? Forget about it. It's nothing. They're just running. Yeah, they are crazy Americans. We know. We know. Okay, you guys are clear. So is that generally the case? Like when you do Survivor and Bachelor in Paradise and all that stuff, or Survivor, I guess, they're completely like. Left their own, yeah. yeah. And you guys lived a good life. We're like staying in a condo or something, and we <laughs> come in all rugged, raw. We're, we're eating mad food and shit yeah. while they're starving, eating animals. You gotta, and you gotta rock the camel back. You can't drink in front of them, so you gotta be like. That, you know, that's what I said. I said if I'm going to do survival, we're gonna make this real. Because if I'm out there and I see you eating and the production, I'm robbing you because that's part of real survivor. <laughs> I'm not out here pick, finding no animal, cleaning them and gutting them. No. <laughs> I'm raiding the production place where they got all the food. Nice. Is there, is there anybody that you worked with on the reality side who's a host or you know as a personality that you just want to rip in the shreds right now on the It's So Crucial podcast? <laughs> we don't we we, 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 we don't push that man. We're not, <laughs> yeah. we're, not, we're not turning into like the gossip channel or some <laughs> shit. Uh, let me guys. let me think about that. If I if I if anything comes to mind. Yeah. If you want to burn some bridges, man, this is what to do. Come on. What's happening to you, man? What's happening over there, John? The hell, man? I'm trying to subscribe to the dark side, man. I'm trying to, you know, get these get these listener numbers up. Oh, Jesus. So while all this was going on, you're still doing your music. 
Still doing music, yeah. So let's get into that. Like you said, you start off, you were going to the good life, mm-hmm. working with these guys. But I know you've toured the world, you've done things like, how did that coexist? Did you use the TV stuff to kind of fund that or? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, the the underground scene in LA was happening. I mean, there was whatever. Freestyle the Fellowship, freestyle I love fellowship. that. Mm-hmm. You got the Jurassic Five. Jurassic Five, yeah. Uh, Far side. Far side. I dope, used to dope. skateboard with them back in the days. Are you serious? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh my God. This is hot with you from '93 too. Yeah. Souls. souls of mischief. Yeah, I've done a little bit of touring with those guys. Souls, they're cool cats. But uh, you know, I mean, Did you sign the, a label? So, yeah, sign. I've been on a few labels, but uh, the internet was coming around in the mm. mid '90s. Yeah. So all of a sudden people started trading tapes so like all those good life tapes all the yeah. freestyles yeah all these like you know whatever underground four track demos or whatever started getting circulated and then people started knowing about everybody yeah. all yeah. over the world i'm sure yeah a similar thing happened on the east coast yeah with stretch and uh, barbito show the tapes was floating around yeah there you go yeah uh, so then the labels started coming out showing up and started putting records out um, but it's the internet I think that actually helped to put us on the map because right. right. prior to that were you mostly just LA like that's where exactly. you'd be at LA and probably Northern California too up yeah and down, LA to the up Bay up and down yeah, yeah LA to the Bay yeah so you guys would never like tour like try and go out east maybe do the east coast or anything no like not that? not until the mid 90s when we started mm-hmm. touring yeah. nice um, and with the beginning of the whole indie label thing when there's still a little bit of money and right. yeah. we we're still doing tours on the Prevost right. tour buses before that those vanished they turned into passenger vans white passenger vans <laughs> 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 never white cramped. passenger vans but, <laughs> uh, but uh who was driving well I have one homie that's a rapper bus driver he always wanted to drive <laughs> Wait, he was a rapper and he was a bus driver on the side? Well, his name is Bus Driver. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'll drive. He didn't drink, so he was <laughs> or smoke. I think that's changed. But uh, That's amazing. I mean, the Prevost, you'd always have some, like, the most southern, like, country guy that you could find to drive the bus. Right. Because he'll deal with the cops and everything like that and get you across the country. Oh, know, nice. Right on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, did... So did the music stuff eventually dry up after uh, a certain period of time? Or? The I think basically the around two thousand six or seven it started slowing down. I think the the underground stuff sort of washed away, and then people were getting to like the dirty south thing. Yeah, the yeah. south took over. Uh, the two south nine nine two thousand exactly. Cash money taking over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people started getting into like bouncing. I mean, I saw it uh, from uh, the the writers. You know, yeah. we were all like lyricists. Yeah, media darlings for a while. Yeah, and then all these same you know Vanguard, Village Voice type yeah. cats. All right. of a sudden, were like into like yeah gangster stuff. All of a sudden, yeah. or like Dirty yeah. South or whatever. They're like, yeah. ah, we don't like Trap. that. that yeah. These are my backpacker days. Now yeah. I'm into like. You know, I don't know. It was a new. It was, a, it was exactly. A, it yeah. was a new generation too. It was mm-hmm. a new generation. And they want yeah. to cater to 
what the kids were into now. Exactly. And then and then um I think shortly after that, you you'd say like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, then like around that time that's when LA switched to more of a beat scene. There you go. That yeah. was another thing. Yeah, so yeah. the low end theory and uh yeah, the I mean the gears just keep shifting. You're yeah. you can't yeah. stop, but everything yeah. comes back around. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm starting to feel that that as you know when we create those 20 year cycles like with the bizarre ride or the yeah. far side and all that yeah then you you start to get attention coming back to yeah the, yeah what i like to refer yeah. to as the golden age for sure yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's how i look that at that's how i look at like a lot of the beat scene like you said low in theory selection hw and w like you know even a tracks and his whole thing is just like yeah when you go to those parties there's a whole bunch of 20 year olds that know the music from the 90s because that's what their parents played. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they still want those type of beats and those type of feelings. Yeah. But it's in a new it's in a new way. It's an yeah. innovative way. So they're mixing it with that and the trap and bounce that they heard from the 2000s when they were kids. Right. Exactly. And that's what we got now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it gives music like yours a new opportunity, another you know opportunity for more life uh just because it's getting out into you if you know. look at it that way see yeah. I, I think no honestly because i think of the thing and, and i'm speaking too from another from an older generation that grew up loving all those acts he said yeah and then watching my kids generation listen to all this stuff yeah. and then living through the 2000 when i'm like what the fuck happened to rap you know what i mean but now looking back it's like wow this is the reincarnation of the 90s with a mix of their influence yeah and with the right guidance this could be great whereas a lot of people from my generation is like what the fuck fuck that trap shit and what is this shit and i hate this shit and blah, 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 this ain't music the same thing that we went through with the original rappers from the right. Bronx and this ain't no rap this ain't this and that right. you guys ain't doing no music and this and this right. you don't know nothing about rocking the fever yeah it's the same shit <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean the same shit, yeah. you know what I mean? Y'all don't know about Cold Crush. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's the real rap. You don't know about Cold Crush. You don't know rap. You talking about Rakim. Rakim don't know about Cold Crush. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Give me, give me two. Give me two. <laughs> After he curse you out, then he buy two cracks. And go about his business. I said, I never was going to be that dude. I'm always going to embrace the next generation. You know what I mean? It's like amazing. Because you have your own studio. I do. Right. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that's another cool thing is just to, you know, the good thing about today is everybody has a computer. Or yeah. can They can make music. They got mm -hmm. Ableton, Logic, whatever, Fruity Loops. But it's cool to yeah, show studio, people the your, possibilities. Your studio has a ton of vintage gear. A ton of vintage Like, that's stuff. what you specialize in now, right? You have, like, all those old vintage gear and... and you have two inch tape too and I all that? I got two inch tape, you but know, I got, I got all, a special all, all box. All that for all you new producers, yeah. like where the plugins came from, the idea of the plugins, he has the original ideas in his studio. <laughs> I got the plugins too. You got the plugins you got, too. You gotta, you gotta embrace everything. No like, doubt. I'm, not, I'm definitely, I'm not a purist, but it's cool. It, it's all a journey. And yeah. you know, the process yeah. to me is as important as, yeah. as the actual you know, product, right. like, whatever right. you create. So I'm, um, for instance, uh, this kid I'm working with now, Teo Arias. He's in the the Misfits crew. Cool. You know, he makes some beats and Logic or whatever. And right. then I'm like, 
cool. Let's let's uh, replace Spain some them. of yeah. these these drums or whatever. Let me yeah. show you these drums I got. But we'll use Ableton for that. So I'm triggering, yeah. you know, my old drum machine off of Ableton. So we're right. you you know we're utilizing yeah. and I'm you know yeah. using the push two to trigger the old drum machine. Yeah. And then and then I'm like, oh let me let's call up this guy who plays in um, Mbangwana Star. Right. You know th he's the only white dude in this Congolese african man that plays the bass I'm like man you like i mean there's just it's cool yeah. like for me to yeah. like you know it, it's like it's like sampling records or whatever yeah. like yeah. you think of one thing you're like oh this would be great this yeah. break would be yeah impeach the president this yeah. would be the perfect yeah. break for this sample yeah. or whatever but yeah so now it's kind of like sampling in real life you're like yeah. okay this reminds me of that yeah and let's like push this yeah but then we'll add that space and ambiance and the other thing i noticed about the the trap or the bounce stuff you know mm -hmm. from the 2000s a lot of times i mean i love i love the bouncy stuff but sometimes it'll close the groove like yeah. the high yeah. super busy hi-hats or whatever yeah. yeah so i find myself trying to figure out how to open how to make space okay yeah and you know which is cool which i think like on the like you know the toronto stuff the drake stuff yeah. they have a great sense of how to keep that space right, right. So right. it's just be, having the awareness and being able to recognize like cool stuff that's yeah, going on yeah. and incorporate it. And the youth is the key, man. It, it is. really is. It to is. Like, it is. I, and I learned just as much as, you know, I'm learning a lot from these yeah, kids. And to me, that's what I think is missing a lot in, in, in terms of not just the business, but in, in terms of like everything. We, we got this ageism going on in every parts of life, but even in music. And that's what I said earlier. I think, you know, my my one of my examples is like the album Thriller. You know, you got 25-year-old Mike and 50-year-old Quincy Jones making one of the biggest selling albums in the world because you got two different two generations working together and bringing the best out. To me that always makes the best work whereas, you know, like I said, you get these people who are like, "Oh, you you know, even even when they try to educate the kids, they they're talking condescendingly. They're yeah. making them feel like this and that. You know, because like you know, we saw clips of like this rapper, Lil Uzi or whatever, and they was gonna play him um, Primo Beat. Little Yachty? No, it was Lil Uzi actually. <laughs> no. You know, you know, he's another one. He gets upset too. But but I understand it. The whole point is, he didn't want to rap on Primo. He's like, I don't want to hear that old stuff, or whatever. But the way he said it. You know, it's it didn't just start at that interview, and I could just imagine people from the hip hop generation mm -hmm. just telling him how he's not doing rap, how this is not thing, and that doesn't make a kid who has all this opportunity, getting all this exposure, want to get into it. Yeah, it makes them resist it. Right, and that's what I'm talking about. Is like that's that's like someone's pops, you know, yeah, like old cat exactly. Exactly. Like, so, so to me, I'm like, wow, how, how, how could you say that about Primo? But then I thought about it. Yeah, if somebody was bugging me the hell out about Miles Davis when I was coming up, I wouldn't like right. Miles Davis yeah, or Jazz because right, right. you're fucking forcing it on me. Yeah. So I get it. You know that's what I mean? True. So, so, you know, I, I that's my advice to give to people of my generation or older generations and people of younger generations. Don't be so close-minded to the other person when it comes to music. Yeah. Y'all collaborating is going to make the best out of everything. That's, that's in my opinion. Yeah. And history proves that. Yeah. You know what I mean?
Kamal, do you do you get a lot of influence from those kids too? Like, do you are you taking a lot from them as well? Like music that they're I'm, listening to. I'm probably to saying lit you're... a lot more. <laughs> you, know, like, you don't have to take on the slang. We don't have to go that far. Yo, are we get lit. Are we get lit tonight in the studio? Kamal, yo, yo, those like... beats are on fleek. Yeah, exactly. You're the one. You're so lit. Well, that's um, cool. I mean, no, it's. So your question is, am I getting influenced by these Yeah, kids? like any musical influences. Like, are they playing for you what they've discovered? Maybe that's that's new, that just came out and playing it for you. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, what is this? Like, I would love to, you know, hear more of this shit. Like, is any of that happening? Mastering is terrible. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's an engineer, so yeah, he hears like, with different I mean, ears. I mean, I, I think... Uh, I like the the playfulness and and the freeness of even like like a little yachty or whatever like yeah. the broccoli joint or whatever. It's yeah. like it it's like you're not taking your he's not taking himself too seriously and he's touching the hearts of people cuz it's very like we live in the fleeting moment age, you know. Mm -hmm. It's a yeah. Snapchat, it's straight to Everything. SoundCloud. It's not like premeditated mm -hmm. like oh I've been refining this yeah. masterpiece and now it's ready for, you know, yeah. Broadway or something. No, yeah. it's like blah, 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 straight hit, you know, that's yeah. it. It's done. Yeah. It's like so that's I I like that. I like, you know, I like the freedom in that. Like yeah. but is it it's probably like it, it speaks to kids because it rebels against like the academic approach like no yeah. we, we must yeah. make this perfect yeah you know you must have bars yeah i'm just doing whatever y'all i just started two months ago <laughs> yeah. yo I don't, I don't really have no influences i just do me yeah that's how they talk yo. Yeah. it's it's funny because it's like you know when i think about recent rappers that are coming up right now, I think about their catalogs more so than any individual song, and I feel like that kind of touches on what you're saying. Like, when you think about a lot of the, like, it's not even like brand new rappers, but when, even when I think about cats like Gucci Mane, who have obviously been around for, for quite a while and are extremely influential, especially this new generation. Like, I, I, when I think about him, I don't think about just one song or like a few different singles that are really good and kind of go down the path of his music. I just, I think, I think about the entire body of his work because I feel like his, he just makes mus music of the moment and, right. you know, it's just so many different songs and mixtapes that have captured different scenes, different I'm, segments. I'm down of time. with that. I mean, I, yeah, you know, sometimes I got to restrain all the like, Hip hop, hardcore hip hop, <laughs> in me like to like resist against it. But yeah, I, the other I, I thing, have my moments too. <laughs> the, the other thing that is really inspiring about these kids, there's no tunnel vision. It's yeah. just like you know, I, I took them on the beach and we're, we're recording. So I'm like incorporating some of my location recording stuff. Yeah. And like, right. let's go to the beach and track vocals. So I was sending them wireless in ears wow. and walking, and you hear the waves lapping in the background, yeah. and they're you know running during the course slow down and do spit a verse like yeah i mean that's Try cool man Try that's, and i'm down yeah. with that that's i can dope. see i think i can do a lot we can go out to the the desert and record in a lava tube you know like wow. session musicians and like wow glamping with like a base camp with i mean Fuck. streaming it you know uplinking it yeah with, and it reminds you, like you said, yeah. it reminds you how you used to feel it's, and been been so like inspired and no limits and no rules, like fuck yeah. the rules. 
I get inspired. I see their freeness, and then I'm yeah. like, you know, let's use some like unconventional miking techniques. Like, right. you know, for instance, like you got a song and you got mics throughout the studio, and you're like, you walk into one mic, you do a verse, and then you go into the next mic for the pre-chorus into the chorus, and then you sit down into a rocking chair right. for the second verse, you know, yeah. with a creak in the background, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Or like. Yeah, let's, you know, blindfold you, put you, you know, hanging off a piano bench upside down, like, <laughs> try to get a different, you know, just like, yeah, it, it's a performance, so like, yeah. you know, whatever you yeah. got to do to get that, yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's, and I think this generation, these kids are actually ready for that, Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. versus like, you know. Because they spent their whole lives inside the box. Yeah. The, the computer. In the computer, yeah. Yeah. And typically, you just put a microphone in front of someone, and you just have them. And they and, and they want to try things and there's no like like you said there's no jaded rules like no this is the proper way you record and that's it mm -hmm. this is the best way you're supposed to record don't try all that other shit. But I, yeah. I worked on a there's a Dipset record where Ma uh, uh, what's homeboy's Max name B. Max B he was in jail. Oh right right and I was right, mixing right, right. his raps that were recorded wow over the phone wow but that was some man you got you, uh, you, you done a lot of stuff man yeah. both coasts a lot of you know <laughs> yeah wow more to come the I'm king of wavy max b exactly <laughs> <laughs> when you when you look back at like everything you've done in television and in music is there anything that stands out that you're really the most proud of i don't know man i i try to stay in the moment i yeah i'm not dwelling on any i mean man i like i got to work with like aretha franklin that was pretty cool oh, amazing. nice amazing um, amazing that was awesome what uh, was that for that was on american idol yeah oh nice. we, we shot an episode in detroit so wow. we got to spend some time with her that the was Motown cool. revival oh, action right. yeah i got to uh work uh at mission control at wow. nasa wow in houston we shot a thing that was like we were literally there talking to the space shuttle and we were like, wow damn we were there that was pretty cool. Shit. Was that an American Idol? Yep. Were they singing for astronauts? Like, no, no. Like we were doing, we do, we would do these like back pieces, like whether we we're like, you know, shooting in Wall, at Wall Street or uh, wherever. Okay. Like, right. oh, I got to go. That was a cool thing I did is I got to go to the White House and do this thing with Michelle Obama for uh, oh, so you think doing? you can dance. Oh, she did this and she was so cool, man. Yeah. She was cool. Yeah, I could, I could see that. And like with the, with the, so you think you can dance all stars? Um, she did a, a whole routine which included like, you know, the RoboCop and wow. you know, the WAP and all the like, wow, classic, amazing Roger Rabbit and all that stuff. But she, <laughs> she had such a good energy, and I was just we gonna, like, we gonna miss them. <laughs> Anyways, I, I was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and it was cool to know that I. I passed the the background check, you know that I was able to. Yeah, you know, oh yeah. yeah. You know, I, was, I know you're probably sweating on that one, right? <laughs> but I got to do some cool. I mean, I I got to do some shows in Palestine. Oh wow! Rapping, wow. Which is pretty cool. Wow. That was. Man, you got man. We got to get you to come back and just do like yeah. all these little mini episodes on your adventure. <laughs> I mean, like adventures. Yeah. Palestine. We done jumped around, like you know what I mean. It's crazy. Like wow. Palestine and Libya. I mean. Were there at any points in times they didn't want to let you back in the country? You know, <laughs> yeah, that, that was. Uh, I, I had gone to a, a wedding in Morocco right. before I went to flew into Israel, 
So I had this like one way ticket from you know Ooh. to Morocco to Paris. I was in right. Paris, and then I I was like flying to Israel and then back to the U.S. It looked like super suspect, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I was wow. like, come on, like going supplies. into you know, spent yeah, four yeah. years. And then I had this this letter from the State Department that was like, please let him pass into the West Bank. You know, it was just like I was like looking at it, going like, "Oh, this doesn't look good." So like, when I was trying to get out of the, you know, the airport, wow, uh, it was like four or five hours. Like Damn, I was like, see. you know, getting like. Damn. Interrogated by like an eighteen-year-old like Eight? Israeli girl. Wow. <laughs> like, what was your purpose? Oh my god! In the West Bank. Wow. <laughs> that, wow. that was kind of intense, man. Wow. Was that probably the scariest moment you've had overseas, or were there any other? I mean, we. I mean, there was definitely in Africa. We had like our security, which was the Tuareg. The tribal people from you know that don't really have a country they're from like yeah. mali mauritania right. algeria whatever but like these guys had heat yeah. they were like the the cook right the cook with you know quotation marks he was like packing this guy had like we were on the border of chad it, i yeah. mean there was definitely some places where it's like man this is like yeah, I felt like I was in Star Wars, you know, like most Eisley <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, spaceport. Yeah. The, the, original, the, yeah, original the original Star Wars. Star Wars yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Uh, Damn. But yeah, th- there's definitely some some interesting moments. But um, yeah, man, thanks for having me on the show. This is cool. <laughs> He's uh, like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> we brought him back to a moment. He's like, I'm, like, yeah, I'm happy to be alive. <laughs> Bounce guys. I'm happy to be alive. I gotta go now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, where do you go from there? Yeah, nah, <laughs> to a happy place. Well, on that note, come on. Do you have anything to plug uh, that's that's happening right now that you want to give uh, our listeners uh, a scoop on? Man, you know, I wish I had something to promote, but well, what's I your what's your social media? Like, oh yeah, Kamal yeah. Sound nice. yeah, on Instagram. Okay, that's a good one. You can follow me on the website. You got RadioInactiveMusic.com to check out. That's radio inactive. Radio inactive, one word, yeah. Um, And you can check out my radio inactive stuff on like Apple Music and Spotify and all that kind of stuff. I think I got a niche niche thing going on. I got my my hands in all sort of cookie jars as far as like the analog thing, tape, and integrating it all into like a modern. Yeah. So all you up and coming artists that want some of that mixed of venture vintage and and analog with digital unique and you really care about your sound kamar sound is the place to go yeah yeah <laughs> and if you uh, have an a-list actress who's doing a movie and you know for some reason there's a topless scene you hey, know i hey. think kamar <laughs> best man for the job he has experience he has experience <laughs> <laughs>